the Distance Aries, a podcast where we chat about topics that come up in our everyday conversations, from politics to popular culture. Uh, I'm Natalia, I'm from Mexico City. And my name's Fraser, and I'm from London, but we are both in London once again. Yeah, we'll stop saying that eventually, but <laughs> this is um, our second episode on this on the third series, so thanks for coming back and listening, even though we had a long break again. We do have another excuse, though. We did move house. We moved house. Yeah. We took some trips. We yeah. did a lot of things. We not only moved house, to be fair, we also, I mean, we were quite, this house was quite furnished, but we added a lot of furniture and decoration to so this So we've house. been shopping quite a lot. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's turned out well. But should we talk about what, what else we've been up to? So yes, we took a trip to Edinburgh, which was great with your family. Yeah, that was awesome. So just seeing family but also we had one afternoon I yeah. would say, to, to explore the city and also we went to uh, South Queens Ferry the next day which is between the bridges of the fourth the yeah. birth of fourth which is very spectacular site and it's such it's such a cute town with very nice very nice little streets and views and yeah so yeah that was very very nice We've also been to the bergamot pop-up jungle. Yeah, we went and picked up some plants from a pop-up in Shoreditch. That yeah. was good. Yeah, they've got cool, cool plants. It's kind of the pricing is very similar to Columbia Road Flower Market, which we also went to. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think Columbia Road is probably a little bit cheaper. It's probably cheaper, but also it's just it has the proper experience of you yeah know, being in a market and. All of that and the variety. And mm. then you go to the nice bakeries that are on Columbia Road as well. Yeah, so we did that at 8am. So it was very, very quiet because it was just opening. Yeah. And by the time we left, about an hour after that, so around nine, it was so busy with tourists. Yeah, I, it's yeah. weird. I think between us, we've seen in the last few weeks, a lot of people that we know going to, to Columbia, Road. Columbia Road. It seems, and you know, a lot of people going not just sort of as tourists to see it, it's still worth going to do that, but to actually buy plants, plants. you know, furnishing their houses, basically. Yeah, maybe we know a lot of people that are furnishing their houses. I think so, it feels like that. Yeah, uh, so all those things we would definitely recommend. Um, in terms of music, film and TV, we've been enjoying a few things. Yeah, I was. I think, you know, the obvious <laughs> musical musical highlights, Newheim song, Yeah. Now I'm in it, That's that's good. Uh, there's new the 1975 called Frail State of Mind, big big fan of that, and I went and saw Idair mm-hmm. live. Uh, they're good. That was in Bermondsey, which is which is really weird. So it's a Bermondsey social club, which is basically a room with a terrace, kind of out the back as well. But the room itself is tiny. And it was really cool actually going to see a gig there. Um, but it's also just under some railway arches down a very, very, very dark alley. Um, so a bit scary. It was a bit scary. So I met, I was meeting a friend at the venue. So we both arrived separately and we both mm. sort of individually commented on how kind of dark and hidden away it was. But um, but yeah, that was great. And I've booked tickets for three concerts in in the next, I think, 32 days from now. So quite uh quite excited about those and yeah. yeah we'll talk we'll be about, talking about them I, th- I guess i'm only going to one i think yeah oh. sadly oh well i'm a student <laughs> i can't do everything. too busy 
Yeah. And we'll just start a new show on Amazon Prime called Modern Love. So we watched the first two episodes. I'm loving it. I cried at the first one and nearly cried at the second one. Yeah, it's cool because the second one, I really liked watching Dev Patel. Yeah. Who's who's in that second one. He, you know, he's good. But it looks like there's different kind of actors and actresses in every episode, which is... So What Modern Love Is is a show on Amazon Prime that is based on the New York Times column called Modern Love, I'm pretty sure. And it's a column which narrates different love stories from... So paternal love stories or uh, romantic love stories, like sort of very wholesome, very sweet mm. and sad, and yeah, it's just very, very, very. It's it's, good it's to the watch. most yeah exactly. It's the most kind of heartwarming and heartbreaking stories. Yeah, but all the while so far, just really nicely told, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching a bit more of that as well. Yeah. Also been watching the new Jack Ryan series, also on Amazon, mm-hmm. which is an action series that's it's actually following on quite nicely from the first series. I'm enjoying it a lot. I think it's very tense and it does make you feel kind of like watching an action film almost every episode, which is cool if you like that kind of thing, which I do which more, than, more than you yeah. for sure. And yeah, I've been keeping up with A Good Place, been watching Queer Eye Japan, all those are things that talked about in the podcast before so things that i recommend just in general the good place and queer eye in terms of books and any other type of journalistic yes. uh, things uh, i read the testaments which is the second book in the handmaid's tale uh sort of series now i suppose even though it's just two books so uh margaret atwood has just come out with the sequel um 30-something years after the first one. So, yeah, yeah, I, I actually... Controversial, but I enjoyed it a bit more than the first one. Oh. I don't know why. I think, narratively, it was much more engrossing. Even though the first one is amazing, it took me a little bit longer to get into the style. And when I read the second one, I was like, okay, I get this. I know what's happening. I know. And I suppose in the first one, she had to introduce the world. I don't think the second one is going to have as much of an impact as the first one, though. Because the right. first one is almost... Well, it, not almost. It is an, an icon for a generation. So, yeah, I think also what's interesting is that they take on a bit of the series... Plot lines. The TV series. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, the TV series for Hulu. So mm. that's interesting to fully fully grasp uh the concepts and the storylines in the second one what having watched the series would be very very helpful actually you don't need to but it's is quite helpful and i found it more fulfilling to read sorry about you can probably hear some noises it's just the new flat we're not used to it yet but Yeah. yeah a butcher making yeah, some noise downstairs. Yeah, I think so. It's a butcher that's actually not even very near our flat. But no, you but you can hear it. still here. Yeah. So. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I also read another book that I picked up in a vintage bookstore with Fraser, actually. You might have gifted it to me. Which in Mexico City. Ah, Vol- yeah. Under the Volcano Books, uh, which is in Roma. So that's a really, really good bookshop. And it's called The House We Grew Up In. It's by Lisa Jewell. It's just quite... It's just family drama book. Um... But yeah, I would more recommend the bookshop than the book. 
I listen to Kristen Stewart on the Howard Stern show. It's probably probably her most honest interview to date. She talks about very interesting things from being a woman in Hollywood, got some, well, one quite disturbing story on, on Harvey Weinstein. Um, well, her, her sort of experience with that. And she talks about being kind of attacked since she was 17, basically. And what 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 dealing with that was like for her mental health and for her relationship at the time and just talks about a lot of a lot of very interesting things and also if you have the time you could just watch Emma Watson on on British Vogue which is that whole interview where she said she was self-partnered watch the whole thing the self-partner thing is one second one second and the the interviewer did not follow up on it at all. It no, wasn't. No. It wasn't a discussion point. No, it was very odd. It's so odd that that's what was picked up on, and it's exactly against the point of what she was saying. Exactly, and so she was basically talking about all kinds of issues. Well, how she views her career, but also all kinds of yeah. political issues and feminist issues and stuff. And like being that. an activist. Yeah, it was, and... it was a thirty-minute sort of interview. Um, In which the self-partner thing barely took one, place. literally a second. Yeah, so um, I would, if you if you are interested, I would. Yeah, watch that if you're and, a fan you know yeah well yeah it's just quite an interesting interview yes and it is interesting about kind of the history of how she got the part in harry potter as well and how that sort of transformed yeah. her life i guess which is cool is we're doing this in person because i'm not at i'm not at fraser but you, people can't hear that and i'm not used to that oh uh, yes yeah. <laughs> uh also one one other thing which <laughs> i think i meant to put in the last show but i, I forgot yeah but and this is my favorite fact i've ever not my not my favorite fact ever there's probably better ones but it's my favorite dinosaur fact that i've ever heard because he and, likes so many dinosaurs. and apologies if you already know this but you know you're one of the lucky people that already already know so i recently heard that less time separates the t-rex and the ipad than the T-Rex, than the Stegosaurus. So and the T-Rex from the Stegosaurus. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So there's more time, like they're closer in time existing on Earth, the iPad and the T-Rex, than the T-Rex and the Stegosaurus. That is crazy. So this is a long time ago. So the Stegosaurus, 150 million years ago, T-Rex, 67 million years ago, iPad. Now. Now, slash seven years ago yeah but yeah i think that's pretty extraordinary because you just imagine when you see all these shows about dinosaurs that they all lived in one yeah bit. they're just all there you know like they're all fighting and eating each other and stuff and when you watch <laughs> yeah because when you watch like jurassic park or something which i know isn't a documentary but it's just quite funny because they're all kind of there so the other day this is sorry this is off topic but i was listening to a podcast they were talking about sort of how our minds deal with um, mental illnesses and things like that and it the woman on the podcast which I won't name it because I can't remember what it was um, but also I wouldn't name it said yeah I mean how did how do you think we uh, protect ourselves from dinosaurs it was through fear that's, that's like, a good that's, that sounds like a joke I don't know it wasn't, it wasn't a joke, a joke. <laughs> so I was a bit like oh, oh, I don't okay. think we lived with <laughs> no we were a long anyway. way away so yeah definitely a long way away iPad also a long way away from dinosaurs but uh, closer to some than others that's, yeah. that's the takeaway okay uh, should we move on to our topic yes
Okay, so today we're talking about a controversial topic. It's not as controversial now as it was because we took a while to watch this film, but we're going to talk about Joker. So this was suggested by a friend of mine, Paul Sarah. Shout out. Um, and she said, you should do a podcast on the Joker. And then it took us like three weeks to go and watch the film. So that's why yes, we haven't talked about that's it. Partly, that's one of the reasons, but also us just getting distracted as, as discussed. So I think... Maybe we should just say, so the film itself is, how would you describe, is, is prequel the correct term? To, uh, or is it, is it separate to the Batman se- films? I think it's separate. Yeah. So it's a film that imagines the beginning of Joker, the main, one of the main Batman villains, and who became very popular in sort of pop culture through The Dark Knight when Heath Ledger yeah. Um, interpret him. Obviously, Joker has been around since the comics, and he's a massive, massive Batman villain. But I think the obsession with him in our cultural landscape landscape began with Heath Ledger's portrayal. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's about how he became. Yeah, it's sort of his his story. Yeah. And I guess also we should should outline as well what some of the controversies have been with the film because it's it's very i mean it's been massively massively successful so it's about it's basically about a guy called arthur fleck who's just left a mental facility we don't know what he was in there for it's never Mm. quite explained and um he is heavily bullied and kind of an outcast in a decaying gotham city yes uh and through finding stuff out from his past and sort of losing jobs and being just generally quite... A beaten down member of society. society. He starts to retort to violence. Mm. So that's what it's it's about. Um, yeah, so... it's I guess there's, you know, it's obviously been in the news. So one of the main controversies about the film, and this is sort of one of the more, more simplest, simple, I should say, problems that people have had with it, is that... Fundamentally, it's a story of why a person or the context surrounding a person becoming violent. And so one of the main issues has been, you know, is this a sympathy story for a murderer, effectively, or a serial killer or mass murderer? And is that the kind of story that we hear about whenever we hear about a mass shooting or a terrorist or anyone who's kind of done something that they shouldn't have? Mm. Are you effectively making a film that says for all of these types of people and their backstories, hey, here's why they did this thing. It's not their fault. And it's society's it's fault. It's society's fault. And, you know, it's not their responsibility. Yeah. And I think there's different people that have a problem with that. On the one hand, there's a very kind of direct um, thing, which is people who've been victims or families have been, mm-hmm. whose families have been victims of these characters who find it, might find it, who might, again, I don't want to say in this case whether they will but might find it distasteful or there's people who just generally think that anything like this is excusing the you know in in some way excusing people's individual responsibility for their violence and that ultimately people need to have responsibility for themselves etc um and on that i don't know i i think i know what you think but in my initial reaction to the film and i think probably yours as well was that we mostly feel revulsion rather than sympathy for the character yeah 
in the film and you know he comes across and this is from you know the first second almost that you witness the character a sort of odd dirty troubled person rather than someone who's purely unfortunate and so that's that's definitely interesting in terms of how do you in tv in books in film show people who you know obviously are having unfortunate experiences but you know, how do you make them... How do you strike a balance between making them look like bad people, good people, mm. unfortunate people? I think the idea of this Arthur character, which isn't... That's not even the name of the original Joker. We right. don't know his name okay. in, in the comics, I don't think. But the the thing about him specifically is that he's never... To me, he never seems like a good guy. Yeah. In In the film, he's quite rude... I mean, there's some scenes which are a bit conflicting. Yeah, I think one, you know, one of the first, without giving too much away, one of the first things that, that happens is he's basically attacked. Yeah. Randomly. And so, you know, clearly there's, and there's, these sorts of things happen repeatedly mm. throughout where unfortunate things happen, to, happen him. to him, some of which are just purely not his fault. Um, and I guess these things help you understand his behavior without making you specifically feel sorry for him or justifying his actions. Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't justify becoming a murderer with what happens. You know, misfortune. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, But I I, I can see why some people would feel that way. Yeah. Uh, Because you've you've got certain scenes where you do feel sorry for him and you do feel like he's not allowed to to be. And it is very much about how a society uh, doesn't pay much attention to to mentally ill people, and by mentally ill, I do I mean people who've been in, in facilities and have like diagnosed conditions yeah. for these things. Yeah, because I think another one of the problems that people had was the term "mentally ill" being an umbrella term for a lot of things. Mm. But I think there's no really another word that we've got for for this type of thing, mm. and. The, the the thing that I was telling you yesterday is that it's kind of like we you could see it sort of physically ill as well. Yeah. It's not the same to have the flu or social anxiety than it is to have cancer or be a psychopath. Like yeah. it's just kind of it, but they are illnesses. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. and I think there's a, there there is kind of a wider debate about how we talk about people both in the past and also in the present who either do I suppose do mad things or who have um have a condition Mm. so for example I remember this is when I was this this going back 10 years I had a history teacher who said we should never call Hitler mad you can say his ideas were mad but if you call him mad it somehow it almost excuses the evilness of his actions. And that's always been something that stuck with me. And I don't, and I think it's something that's still being debated a Mm. lot today, whether if someone does something that seems crazy, whether you can try, even if they're not, you know, diagnosed or or sectioned or whatever, you know, can you, is is it excusing people to to, um, apply that label? And I guess this is a debate which has been reignited by By this this film. Yeah. Yeah, and it it is it's such a complicated thing mm. because at the end of the day, the point of Joker is that he is mad. Yeah, something that is in the film that's also 
been in in Batman films before is that he's quite an unreliable narrator. Right. So certain things you don't know if they happened or not because sometimes in the film they're oh it, it didn't actually happen. So you don't mm. really know what what was real and what wasn't real and what yeah. was just in his head a justification for what what he does. Yeah. Um but I think that that is something that happens in this film quite a lot. I think they didn't quite finish giving a message in my opinion. I think that a lot of things were kind of left in the air, like political statements were left up in the air. Uh, mental illness statements were left up in the air. I think they didn't quite come down. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think I picked out quite a lot of political themes that are touched upon and I kept thinking during it, oh, this is really relevant right now because there's mm. there's a lot of things. So yeah, we've already talked about kind of, the, there's a, a piece around the treatment of those with mental illnesses in society. Okay, the film set... 60 70 plus years ago now yeah in terms of when it when it's taking place um but you know there's an issue about how those with mental illnesses are treated there's even stuff about people being obsessed with fame and tv yeah that's a big part of it that's very relevant today yeah there's a huge amount about sort of the the conflict between the rich and poor mm. rich people saying they can help solve poor people's problems poor people sort of rising up against the rich then there's there was even you know messages which is very kind of it feels very specific which is budgets being cut for those to get social service help for mental health conditions Mm. and and other care um there's sort of the whole injustice thing people being wronged by the system uh, that's another theme and then another one linked to sort of the poor versus rich debate is kind of the dangers of populism and sort of what happens with sort of mob mentality or people joining movements and stuff like that and yeah. how it can can go wrong. And it feels quite pertinent at the moment, given there's sort of the emergence of the election campaign in the US and also the current election campaign in the, in the UK. UK. It's just all of these themes. I just kept thinking, wow, this is really relevant, even though I don't, the film doesn't really it doesn't give them. you it sort yeah. of features all of these different themes yeah. and that makes it interesting but it doesn't have a opinion really yeah and something that features this is something that features again heavily on on joker's character in in different films and i haven't read the comics but i assume the comments is that it's the fact that he did he doesn't believe in anything he doesn't believe in anything politically he no. doesn't believe in in anything in life he doesn't he doesn't have a belief system and is almost ridiculing everyone who follows this image of mm. Joker when he doesn't really believe what they say he believes. Yeah. I don't know. But, and the, all they give him is the, the fame that he's so longed for. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, that's also something that's... Um, and what's interesting about that and the, the, the fact that it features in a lot of Jokers is that Todd Phillips, the director was so very very much looked down on the comics in a way. He was like, no, I'm not going to read any other comics because it's not going to be a comic book film. Mm. But And it's kind of, I almost feel like the joke, no pun intended, <laughs> is on him because to me, the first thing I said when we left the theatre was mm. that felt like a comic book film. And it had a lot of the imagery of Batman, which makes it familiar and makes yeah. brings it back to something that just isn't as new because I yeah. think... I think I think that's true. It does feel like it's part of 
of a world of, of the whole world and, yeah. and that's kind of nice in some ways but uh yeah it's maybe not what the intention was or what the stated intention was yeah and uh, yeah i just i think that something else that's important is that this film is not new there's been a lot of films like this right that top film cited as films that he wanted to to make uh, that that he he wanted to sort of look at it for inspiration. Taxi Driver being one of them. This is not a new film of white man wronged by society becomes killer. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's not. And it was. It's a story that was told by Psycho. It's a story that was told by Taxi Driver. It's now a story being told in Joker. But it's mm. not. The controversy is bigger because maybe it's a bigger film to start with. Yeah, it's obviously. It's a bit like with the Call of Duty games. Every time a new Call of Duty gets released, people sort of have the debate again about there's a scene in the in Call of Duty which shows X, Y, Z thing happening. Mm. But there's obviously dozens or hundreds of games even that have these things. But I guess it's because it is sort of the name. The main. It's, it's of mainstream interest to talk about. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. And before it came out, people thought, "Oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna justify incel culture on all, on mm. all these things." Yeah, that but, was what the chat was before. I but it doesn't strange, really, it doesn't really have anything yeah. to do about that. No. I don't think. I think more about glorifying someone who is violent. You could see it as, and the thing that I would say about that is, it it. To me, it feels the same as saying Call of Duty causes violence. Because in reality, if someone sees Joker and they go, you know what, I want to be like him and I'm going to start killing people. There was something wrong with them in the first place. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think it is gruesome as a film in in parts. Does it glamorise it? Not really, but it kind of makes light of it in some cases. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, just because the Joker's quotes and actions do resemble some of those of real life sort of killers mm. does not necessarily mean that they should never be shown yeah. on, on screen. Something, um, yeah. something that is important as well, sorry, is to to point out that this wasn't necessarily a heavily psychologically researched film. Right. Uh, there's a few knots towards, oh, is this a hereditary thing, things like that, that mm. are a bit conflicting with actual psychological theory. Right. So I wouldn't take it as... It's not a study of... It's not a study these, of humans. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not... I think it's more something that everyone can understand in the same way psych- psycho is not psychologically correct, mm. for example. But yeah, I think that there it it does bring up a lot of discussions to the table that because it doesn't answer them, it, people have kept going talking about them, and something that was a problem during the making of it is that Todd Phillips didn't understand what the problem was. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which means that he hasn't able to he hasn't been able to articulate what the film is. What the film is. Yeah. <laughs> And there's, I have a, I have like, I have an interesting part of an article in which he, he's quoted here, um, where it says the one that bugs me more is a toxic white male thing. When you go, oh, I just saw John Wick three. He's a white male who kills three hundred people, and everybody's laughing and hooting and hollering. Why does this movie get held to different standards? It doesn't make sense to me. But 
as much as John Wick features violence in the same way that James Bond features violence, John Wick is not seen as an avatar for the outcasts. Right. Whereas Joker could be. Yeah. I, I just think he really does understand the problem people yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which has made his attempts at discussion with people who have a problem with the film completely futile and have made him look quite bad. Yeah, no, he doesn't need the quotes in the interviews you've, you've sort of shared with me. Yeah. Don't, uh, don't come across well. Mm. I feel like Joker will be a, a film that people like and they watch a lot, almost, and I read this in a Vox article, almost like V for Vendetta. Mm. But as we said, the messaging of it is just too up in the air to, be, to, inspire, to actually inspire anyone. In, in any way, either yeah. to take action in, in favour of the heavily mentally ill or to take action to be like Joker or to... Is, or is, to rise up and yeah, overthrow just, the government. Even, even the messaging on why people are overthrowing the government is way too unclear. Yeah, it's just... it's And I guess it comes back to what you said about it being a comic book film. It's just sort of like assumed as part of the world exactly. that they're in. In the film, rather exactly. than as actually having a new take. To yeah, to me it felt like, and I I feel like the director would hate me for saying this, but it felt like a Batman film. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Um, it felt a prequel to Batman. So, even though that's not what it was meant to be, but yeah, do do let us know what you think about Joker, and if you want us to to cover anything else, and. If you have more, if you have a conflict with it, we could, yeah, we're interested to know, yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, let us know anything else that you think we should be talking about on Mm -hmm. the show or that we should be watching, reading, visiting in London, (laughs) etc. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, You can find us both on social media on instagram and twitter yes mainly i'm at underscore natalia alvin and i am at fraser the bell hopefully we will be back with another podcast a little bit sooner than than this time around yeah you can email us at the distance artist podcast at gmail.com perfect thank you for listening thanks for listening Bye. bye